This episode of Warp 5 is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 180,000 titles for smartphone, tablet, and desktop. To get a free audiobook of your choice and help Trek FM at the same time, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And also by Enterprise in Space, an international program of the nonprofit National Space Society. Find out how you can help science and education and become a virtual crew member aboard the NSS Enterprise Orbiter by visiting enterpriseinspace.org. And if you want to join in on the conversation and share your thoughts on this episode or any other, please join the Babel Conference, our listeners group on Facebook. Just type Babel, that's B-A-B-E-L, into the Facebook search field. We look forward to seeing you there. Hi, I'm Anthony Montgomery, Ensign Travis Mayweather on Star Trek Enterprise, and you're listening to Trek FM. Boomers to another episode of Warp 5. This strange voice is your host for today, Brandon Shamutella, back from the dead, back from Vulcan, back from Vegas, back from family camp, back from the bathroom. I've been kind of all over the place over the last couple of months. I, I definitely went to the bathroom a couple times over the last month and a bit. Uh, but I am here to host today, uh, I guess this is my first episode of Warp 5 kind of in a while. And uh, it feels a little bit weird, but I'm happy to be back. And uh, joining me today, we've got some wonderful other people that you guys may know the voices of. Brandy Jacola, how are you doing? Let's just pretend I'm great and leave it at that. Have you missed me? I have missed you. Well, I'm back. Of course I've missed you. How could you not think that I would miss you? Um, I don't know. You never know. <laughs> you never know. Like, you know, you get, what do they say? Absence makes the heart grow fungus? Um, no, that's definitely not what they say. Oh, okay. Also joining us from that crazy place known as New York, Patrick Devlin. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I mean, I didn't miss you, so. You didn't miss me? That's true. He didn't. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Of course we missed you. Yes. I've listened to every episode, and you guys have done a really good job while they've been away. So thanks for taking the reins and giving me a little bit of vacation. It's been a very busy summer for me. As I said, I went to Vulcan and had a really good time at the Vulcan convention. Met some great people there. Uh, Last minute, we decided to go down to Vegas. So I got to meet a few people down there. And yeah, it was it's been fun and we're back to the grindstone now and we're recording this on Alfred Hitchcock's birthday of August 13th. Woot. Which uh those that know my other podcast know I have an Alfred Hitchcock podcast. Uh and so that's kind of cool. I didn't get to watch any Alfred Hitchcock movies today unfortunately. I was too busy at work. Uh but I did however watch today's episode that we're going to be talking about. But before we get into that, uh, let's let's get into some listener feedback. Patrick, did you want to take the reins yeah, sure. on the listener feedback from episode number 157, which was called One of Those Memes? Yes. And that was the uh, movie one that you guys wrote. Yeah, we did the, uh, the Enterprise Writer's Room for uh, a movie, which we thought came out well. And the responses were pretty good. Justin Ozer 
said, you created a great movie idea. I love that it includes the Temple Cold War, Q, Romulans, and Section 31. I'd love to see it. Uh, which, yeah, we did kind of just cram everything in there. Uh, Brandon A. Cowell said, I'm listening now. I think an animated movie would be good and be more doable because of the age of the actors. Romulan War movie would be good. Now, in that thread, there was two other answers, and it was Mark Nakarado. I'm sorry if I'm butchering that, but it said, did someone say Romulan War? And there was a link to a fan movie that is based on the Romulan War. And Janet Lee had said, the concept in this episode can be live accidents and 13 years is close enough to 10, but I was wondering why no one in Patrons Roundtable mentioned animated when we were throwing out Enterprise miniseries ideas. So I found that interesting because I never even thought of that, that it actually they these actors could actually just come back and do their their roles, yeah, because they would look perfect. They wouldn't need any kind of special makeup to make them younger or older or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, and I mean the popularity of the Star Wars animated shows, like Clone Wars, is coming back now. We've just got that news that that's coming back, and they had that other show, Rebels. And I, I mean, I only saw the first few episodes of the Clone Wars myself, but I really enjoyed what I saw. Um, you know, so I don't know, I've heard nothing but good things from Matt Rushing and John Mills about the Clone Wars and Nick Anastasio as well. They all, like, it seems to be really good stuff. I just haven't had the time to watch it. So I wouldn't have no troubles with an animated type show like that. What would you guys think? I'll take more Enterprise any way I can get it. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine either way. Have uh, you guys seen Horizon yet? The Tommy Crafts fan film? I have not. I have not. You should check it out. It's pretty good. It does also deal with a little bit of the Romulan War and whatnot. Uh, the ship's called the Discovery. And uh, I think it's been about two years since that came out now. Uh, something like that anyways. But uh, it was actually the first full fan film that I watched. I'd seen the Axonar, Prelude to Axonar 20-minute thing. Uh, and then Horizon was the next one that I watched. And he did a really good job of it. And, you know, Tommy Craft has been on many of the library episodes of Warp 5. He was... You know, for several episodes, he was just a guest almost every episode. And, you know, we've had him on Continuing Mission, which is our fan film podcast. And he was even on Melodic Tracks. And we talked about the music that he wrote for his fan film because he wrote it himself. And it's, you know, really kind of that more modern sound. Like, it would fit in with Jeff Russo's music or Bear McCreary's type music. So, you know, uh, if you guys haven't heard of that fan film or you haven't seen it, you should definitely check it out. Because uh, Tom Craft did a really good job of it. Awesome. Wow. Awesome. So, Brandon, I have a question for you, though. Cause, yeah. Because Justin brought this up, and he said, you know, it includes the Temple Cold War Q, Romulans, and Section 31. Did you feel that our idea had too much fan service in it? Um, There was a lot of stuff going on in there. I think it was a bit too much for me. Uh, I liked I liked a lot of things that you did, but I think there was too much. And, you know, when you started bringing Q, I'm just like, yep, no, that's a little yeah, bit Yeah, okay, so that was my next question. Which part was too far? Yeah, when you brought in Q, I was a little bit, <laughs> bit too far. Now, but one thing, so I got to ask, which episode was it? Was was it that one? Because you know, I do work and I don't. While I'm listening to podcasts, I don't catch everything. But I was listening to Brandy's episode today on the Six Hundred Two Club about uh, Fallout, and she said that you and Patrick were talking recently about fan service and how fan service done right was when fans get something out of it, but if you don't know it then it doesn't detract from it. Like, if I don't know what the fan service is, is referencing, I'm not going to lose anything if I don't know the story. And I kind of agree with that. She said you came up with that. Was that during that episode, Patrick? That was either that episode or the one that hasn't released yet. The the Travis Mayweather one? Yeah. Because yeah, I know I haven't listened to that one yet. Yeah, we talked about it. And, we, and I, I said, for me, anyway, if 
if if I get like a Haha, look, that's great, I remember that from, but my wife sitting next to me who hasn't watched all of Star Trek still enjoys the scene, then that's fan service done right to me. Yeah, I think I agree with you. That's a very very well thought out way to say it and i i think i agree with you 100 percent. you know now a lot of people though i mean we're kind of getting off track here we, we're talking about this uh, fan service but rogue one you know one of the th- one of the things in rogue one that a lot of people didn't like which i don't know the character's name but those two people that you see in the bar on moss Eisley, you see them in rogue one on that other planet. I don't know the. I don't know. I don't know the names of George Lucas's planets because you know. I don't know. You, unless you like have blunt force trauma to the head, you can't pronounce them anyways, right? But, but um, <laughs> you know who I'm talking about, right? Though. I, I, yes. So John Mills didn't like that, and but that's a character where you don't have to have seen a New Hope to catch the reference, and if you see them or whatnot, it doesn't matter. What do you guys think about that one? Yes. I, don't, I know we're off on a tangent here, but whatever. I'm yeah. back from holidays and whatever. So that doesn't bother me because someone just watching, if they watch that for the first time, then it's just a, a throwaway scene to them. But if you've seen A New Hope, then it means something to you. So I, I think it's fine. As long as those characters being there weren't, as long as they're, it wasn't imperative that you knew they were from A New Hope, then it's okay to yeah. me. Yeah. Okay. Brandy, what yeah. do you think of those characters? Um, I recognize those characters, but there was a lot more in that whole big scene than I understood. And my younger sister, Brooke, informed me of what I had missed. Oh, this droid was from this, and this was from this. And I'm like, I did not know that. Um, sorry, because mm-hmm. I haven't watched all the animated series of Star Wars. But it didn't take away from the film for me at all. Yeah. I, I love Rogue One. Rogue One's my favorite Star Wars movie. I love I love watching that film. So um, there's not much in that that I think is extra or extraneous or anything like that. So I actually saw it the day that Carrie Fisher died. Did you? Yes, and I found out that she had passed away half an hour before the movie. Oh. And so I was just an emotional wreck through the entire thing. Oh, especially during that end scene, then too, hey? Yep. Oh, not bad. Oh, well. well, we're not here to talk about Rogue One. We're not here to talk about Carrie Fisher. Uh, we are here to talk about uh, me and my holidays and how great they were. But on top of that, we are also here to talk about some Star Trek Enterprise. Or, in this case, Enterprise. And we're going to do a commentary. Uh, nice, easy way to slide back into the podcasting. We're going to cover the second season episode, Horizon. And this is a follow-up to your guys' last episode. Yes. Right, which is uh, season two moments of Travis Mayweather. So what? I wasn't a part of that one. So what was it that made you guys want to, you know, talk about this episode? Was there something you said in particular in that episode, or do you're just like, hey, let's keep talking about Travis? So we both picked scenes. I picked two, and uh, Brandy had picked one, I believe, from this episode. And I, I think I, I can't remember now. Yeah, I think I it was think I picked two. officially. I think it was. Two and one with an honorable. I don't know. We talked about the whole stupid episode either way. Um, well, it's the only Travis really thing in season two, though, right? right? But there was there's a big. Um, so when you listen to it, there's a there's a big emotional moment for me in that episode, revolving around this episode. And we had said that we could literally do a list on this episode of okay. five favorite Travis moments because not only is it his only like him being the lead. It really does completely revolve around him the whole episode. 
Yeah. And uh, we both talked about how we liked it, and then we talked off air how we liked the episode so much. So it had just inspired us to do a commentary or a deep dive or something on this particular episode. Well, excellent. Right on. I'm looking forward to it. I did watch it again today, and... And I realized I'd seen it not that long ago because I watched it before we covered Frankenstein because the B-plot of this episode is Frankenstein Frankenstein and whatnot. So it actually hadn't been that long since I'd seen this episode, but it's it's a good episode. I like it. I like it quite a bit. Uh, But yeah, other than that, I think we can probably just jump right into it unless you guys have anything else you want to say. Nope, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Well, I've got a digital copy here that I ripped from my DVD collection. And that way I don't have to use extra internet bandwidth while we are recording here. And we will, I'll be hitting play here. So for those that are familiar with our commentaries, you don't have to watch along. We will do our best to try and describe what's going on and try and do our best to talk about it while it's playing. Uh, But you can always feel free to play along and we will give you a countdown. Uh, Just be sure if you are driving, you are not watching at the same time. We frown upon that, as does the law. And, uh, yeah, other than that, let's do the countdown. We will be watching the episode Horizon, Season 2, I believe it's Episode 20. Yes. In 3, 2, 1, play. Okay, and we got the ship coming at us at warp drive. We're going to crash! And... We're not going to oh, crash. And upside down view of Travis Mayweather. The sweet you know, spot. If you go back to one of my, my first episodes there, when I met uh, Anthony Montgomery for the first time, I got him to autograph a picture of him, and I got him to write on it, I love the sweet spot. That's great. <laughs> he did not want to do it. He's like, I don't, uh, are you sure you really want me to write that? I'm like, yes, yes, I really want you to write that. I'm surprised so. that he thought that not more people thought to ask that. <laughs> It's such an interesting thing. Like, again, we've never seen this before. So, you know, this is unique to the show. So, but and it uh, we've got ourselves. The question, where does all the gravity go? I don't know. It's, it's all raining it from the sense. sweet spot. I don't think that the sweet spot makes any sense myself. It because... doesn't, but it's awesome. Yeah, because gravity is always on the bottom of the ship. And, you know, if this was a circular ship, like a sphere or something like that, I, I could get that somewhere in the middle there would be no gravity because the gravity would be all on the outside but with gravity plating being on the bottom of everything I don't understand how the center of a ship anywhere could have just no gravity or upside down gravity or whatever Uh, yeah it doesn't make sense scientifically it's ridiculous (laughs) but it it does lend to two cool little scenes here Um, and then just before it goes to the, the it's been a long time part uh, they, they show him being called to the captain. Right. Right. So it's a really short teaser. And again, in season two, we lost like three minutes of the show. Like from season one to season two, it went from 45 to 42 minutes. So they got to cut it where they can. And it was usually in the teasers when they cut where they cut all their uh, extraneous material. Yeah. Still not as short as the Paul scream, go right into stuff. Infusion, yeah. Yep. yep. So here we go, the credits ship. are ending, the ship is warping away. Now. Make sure you guys are on par with us. Warped away, fade to black, and here we go, Horizon. Uh-oh, a planet's orbit has shifted. I think it's interesting that the B-plot of this is this planet shifting, but that's not actually what the B-plot ends up being. 
you know, again, I, I said it when we did the Frankenstein episode. I think it's really interesting that this whole B plot revolves around movie night and how T'Pol doesn't want to go to movie night. Yeah, me too. And, and they kind of like try and fake you out here with this fake, like this almost C plot. It, well, it is a C plot because something significant happens uh, because of them being there to witness what was going on on the planet. But we'll cover that when we get to it. The whole two seconds that it lasts. Yeah. So now uh, he go he goes in to see Archer, and uh, he's trying to make a personal request. Right. They feel kind of awkward with each other. You know, it's like they're trying to have this like down to earth friendly conversation, but it, it just they kind of feel awkward. What do you guys think about that? Well, Travis was still having trouble just being invited to the captain's mess, so. He's he's a little awkward still, which I find odd because, you know, this at this point they've been together for two years. It shouldn't yeah. be awkward anymore. But Travis, again, is so worried about doing his job right, which we know from that episode where everybody had OCD because of the singularity. Yeah, because he was just Travis. <laughs> yeah, he was just Travis, but raised to 11. And see, all he th can think about is doing the best job he can. So, yeah, I would think that that probably gives some of his anxiety a life there. I don't know. Yeah, well, I, also I would love to know this story about why Archer wanted to go to sign up for this cargo ship service but then he ended up not and he's like I'll tell you the next time we uh, we have breakfast we never got that story I'd love to hear I that know. story yeah, that'd I be love cool. that story we could write I it I bet you a woman's evolved yeah <laughs> so no but so this is interesting though because I think also what you were bringing up a minute ago I think part of the reason why he's awkward is he's kind of awkward about going back and seeing the horizon anyway that too could be yeah you know so I mean I think it's partly he's awkward around the captain but he, he kind of doesn't want to go see his family. It's there. It's kind of awkward for him there, too. So. Yeah, I think it was more about just didn't want to see his father because of this belief that he had that his father disapproved of him being in Starfleet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe his brother. I think he kind of saw his brother's reaction coming. Yeah. Well, especially once he found that his father had passed, he knew what the reaction was going to be and Paul does not disappoint on that front. No, no, he, yeah. he nails it. Mm-hmm. He definitely nails it. Jealous and angry. Oh, Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein and Son of Frankenstein. And Abbott and Costello. Yes. So yeah, those are the next three that we gotta cover because we just covered Frankenstein. We'll get to them as soon as we can once we get our schedule back on track here. I'm looking forward to seeing them. So there, there's the mention of the movies, and then we're going to deal with her faking, you know, hoping headaches or cancer and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just a headache? I thought you'd be happy about that. I was hoping it was something serious. But... <laughs> yeah, T'Pol looks strange with her eyebrows down like that. So, so I like... I like this scene in general. Is this one? Yes. I like this scene in general because he's talking about he hasn't had a homecoming in 10 years and uh in this scene they talk about families being on the starships which is just kind of a, a nice little you know fan service back to tng but and then they make that the funny oh well you'll need a psychologist you know <laughs> so yeah i enjoyed this little bantering back and forth but it's followed by the hardest scene for me to watch in all of star trek after this 
Yeah. When he gets the message about his dad. Yeah, and his reaction to it. So I'm not going to go into all of it now because I went into it in literally last week. But yeah. uh, but I have a similar reaction when my father passed away. So. See, Anthony Montgomery has said that he wanted to do more in this scene, but they they cut it down and asked him to redo it and tone it back and tone it back. Mm, that's too bad. Maybe, but I maybe they were right because I felt the scene hit it perfectly. You think so? I did. I mean, if if you listen again, it's just last week's episode. Um, I really felt that this scene was done perfectly. So maybe his version was better, but maybe not. Okay. It's hard to say without actually Seeing having it. seen it. Yeah, but I, I just, I know that I, I do think this, will, this version is perfect. So, it, in my mind, it'd be too hard to top. Yeah, and I understand that. I feel like there could have been more emotion because I know the guilt that he's feeling. I know it firsthand, the guilt that he's feeling, having, you know, not contacted his father, not having seen his father in four years and then now he doesn't have that chance anymore that is an immense amount of guilt no i i absolutely agree and um as i said i felt similar but it was so powerful that i was actually just frozen Hmm. you know i i couldn't cry i couldn't be that upset not because i didn't want to or because i thought i had to be strong it it was just the, the feelings were so overpowering that it was, it was almost like I was emotionless, but I was just in shock. I have See, never I, had that reaction to anything. Yeah, we know. I'm always emotions turned <laughs> up to 30. So, But I think Travis would be more like me in shock. It could be. Fits yeah. the character for me. For me, anyway. For you, yeah. And maybe that's because I saw this scene and saw myself in this scene that I just automatically assigned that to Travis. Right. And, like, I'm not trying to belittle your opinion of it or anything like that. See, to me, I always felt that he'd be more emotional as well because he is such an exuberant guy as it is. And that's one of the things that I really like about his character is he's always so happy that I always... I I, I also think that he would be the opposite when he'd be sad. Like, he'd be a really, you know, not over-the-top sad, but he would be more than this. And so I kind of agree with Montgomery's interpretation of the scene, and I wish we could have seen that. But I'm really glad that it did, you know, mean so much to you. So, but, okay, and I, I actually agree with you. I just don't know if it would have happened now. Mm-hmm. Like, for me, it happened a week later in the middle of the night out of nowhere. Okay, yeah. And I just broke down. But, I, but for that week, I was in shock. You know, I, like, for me, when I have somebody die, like, I haven't had a major family member die. I've had I've had grandparents die. And, you know, it's different when they're older people. Like, I haven't had my mom. My mom's still around. My dad's still around. And, uh, but when I see a dead body at a funeral, that's really when I realize that, you know, it's there, that person is dead because you can look at a corpse and you can see that there's, there's nothing there anymore. You can see that something is gone. And, you know, I had my best friend who he committed suicide a couple of years, well, more than a couple of years ago now, I guess it's been about eight years and it took me a really long time to feel anything and I didn't get back in time and they had cremated him before I could get back to the funeral and everything like that and so it took me a really long time before I was able to accept it and realize it and it didn't feel real for a really for quite a while afterwards you know 
Right, and I think that's kind of what I'm trying to say in a weird roundabout way is that, yes, I agree he would be very emotional about it. I just think that the initial reaction wouldn't be that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that could be it, too, because it's also been six weeks or something like that they said since his dad died, too. So there's that shock of realizing, hey, for six weeks my dad's been gone, you know, and it's like trying to process all that, too. Right. I, I agree. With, I, I, I understand what you're saying for sure. Yeah, I mean, I could be totally wrong, too. But I, either way, I like the scene. It, it spoke to me, so I like the way it worked out in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and But now we're moving on past that. That whole thing happened, and that was the great scene with uh, where Archer tells him what the, the father's note was. And, and he says, I wish he would have told me that. Right. And that's an amazing line. Mm-hmm. Because he had this one thought forever that his dad didn't not that he didn't respect him but he didn't he wasn't proud of what he had accomplished right and it turns out that his dad was his biggest fan right but he just wasn't able to express it which is it's a common trope in television where the dads just don't express it i mean scully's dad was the same way on the x-files right not so well that they were from a different generation where they were taught you don't do that. You're a man. You keep it all in. Right. Well also not even that, but he also he was proud of him and he was his biggest fan, but he really still deep down inside wanted him to stay on that cargo ship. Mm-hmm. So even though he was helping him, he didn't want him to know that he was helping him. I don't know. There's a lot to play into it. Do you think that possibly like something that I considered while watching it this time, had Travis Mayweather stayed around on the cargo ship, do you think that possibly the command would have passed down to him? Oh, absolutely, because he said that Dad was grooming you for this job. Paul tells him that. He was grooming you for this job. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I think Paul would have been I'm pretty sure it's Paul that says that. Uh, Yeah, it was either Paul or the mother, so... Oh, it wasn't the mother. I know it wasn't the mother. Then it had to be Paul. But Paul would have been skipped. Mm -hmm. And Paul's older, right? Yeah, he's the older brother. So, in theory, it should have went to him, but Travis is clearly better. Well, I don't know that he wanted to be the captain, you know? Travis or Paul? We, Paul. We we don't ever really get any insight into that. I don't know that he actually ever wanted to take that on, and that's why uh, Paul Sr. focused on Travis. Possible. Mm-hmm. Do we know how much older than yeah, Travis we don't Polis. know. I don't. Yeah, think we so. don't. We don't. They talked about his sister here a little while ago too. This is when we got some information on her. Right. But uh, I don't think we have an actual age structure that was ever mentioned. Now, for those sharp-eyed fans here, I think we'll see it in a reverse angle. One of the books on the shelf uh, is the gangster book that ends up that it was planted because the name of the ship that crashed in uh, a piece of the action in TOS was called the Horizon. <laughs> and so they posted somebody put on the set on this shelf they posted that book uh, uh, i don't remember the exact title i'm sure fans do and i'm failing trivia right now but it's like <laughs> history of chicago gangs or something like that and that book is on the shelf here so apparently sometime after this episode the ship crash lands on on uh what is it sigma iosha 2 i think it's called interesting oh, that's that white book you can see it in the background there right past the mother's oh, head oh yeah so <laughs> that's interesting Crazy. There's a screenshot. You can get a, a close-up look at it, but just something that somebody threw on the on the set. Hmm. Kind of interesting. Yeah, so she tells him, when you're settled, come by the engine room. There's people who want to say hello. You know, people are busting his chops as he comes on the, on board. 
No, not in a not in that kind of way. He doesn't really get his chops busted until he meets up with Paul, which is going to happen. Well, now, right yeah, here. then he really gets chops busted. I mean, just the look on Paul's face is just like, oh, so it's going to be like this. Okay, then. I see these yellow things here and these all this machinery, and I want to see them like have one of those things from Aliens with that Ripley has. Right, the loaders. The loaders. Yeah, so in this scene, you don't see the animosity you see later. You know, at this point, Paul is still very happy to see him. Well, he was for a second, and now he's not. Yeah. Now he's back to Wait being a second. surly Paul. I don't like you. I recognize this actor from somewhere, but I'm not sure from where. Do you guys know where he's from, the brother? No. No, but I can look it up. Yeah, I don't know what I know him from. I didn't, I didn't have a chance to look earlier, but uh, he just looks familiar, that's all. Probably just from this episode. I've seen it so many times now. <laughs> I know that guy. I saw him in that Star Trek episode, Horizon. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> well, it's a great episode. There he is again. Oh, right. Same episode. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Yeah, so at this point... It seems like Paul's... Corey Mendel Parker, okay. So at this point, though, it seems like Paul's starting to get a little annoyed with Travis. You know, I'm in charge, go away. Yeah. Yeah. He hasn't gotten quite to the go away part yet, but he's getting there. He's, like, telling him to change. He's like, you should probably change into something more comfortable. It's like that episode uh, of D-Space 9 where they go down to that planet without the technology because the woman, like, put the, the energy fields to stop it. She's like... Benjamin Cisco, you should Oof. change your shirt. Yes, yes. Don't, don't get me started on Paradise. Oh, I, I love that hate, episode so much. I hate that episode so much. I loathe it with every fiber of my uh, being. Oh, it's so good. No, and it's that not. that lady and her voice when she talks like this. It's, it's not, it sounds like, everything sounds like she's about to burst into tears. <laughs> I, I, <sighs> all right, I'm afraid to say I enjoy that episode now. Yeah, I hate Tag it team. so much. Yeah. I hate it. BP connection. Hate it. hate it. Hate it. And then what happens to her after doing all of that and faking those people out, and they just decide to stay, and she gets off basically scot free? Her punishment is leaving. She goes to jail. Yeah, right. I seriously doubt that. And don't her even and get her son. I don't... should just do the rest of the commentary like this. Yeah, please do because I'll I'll really enjoy. It. Well, this guy's been in a lot of stuff, guys. So I don't know for sure what you could have seen him specifically in. You'll just have to look it up for yourself. Okay, I don't have time to read all of these entries. He seems upset that she doesn't want to go to the movie. Now let's get back to the episode. Here. But he's, he's always like upset offended. when she doesn't want to go because he yeah. wants date night with her. He does, and then and then Archer just swoops in and is like, "You're my date," and she's like, "What?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're coming with me. We're going to the movies. God, that look on her face. She's like, no. No. So, she's right, though. It doesn't constitute fraternizing. Um, But she's also kind of afraid to see a scary movie. No, I don't think it's that. She just doesn't want to watch the movie. She just doesn't want to do it. She makes a comment about it. Uh, Yeah, I don't think she's afraid of scary movies at all. 
I really and, don't. And Frankenstein is one of the least scary movies ever made. Like, I, I understand that, but that's not what they were going for. But I do love... We'll get into it at the end. Her response to the movie is great. Yes. Yes. yes yeah, we did. We talked about that when we talked about Frankenstein. Yeah, but... Yeah, but we'll, yeah, but we'll talk about it again. It comes up. Watching this, it surprised me, surprises me every time that the sh- that... that cargo stuff is like detachable but yeah. it makes sense and to see that little you know we're not there yet we'll get to it but when the little part of the ship like zooms off and whatnot I'm like oh that's pretty cool like yeah, well, it's, it's basically like a truck cab hauling a bunch of trailers exactly yeah like yeah. a semi or a glory as they call it in England we're heading there so do you think he has a point that where he's like, don't do these upgrades because if they break down, we won't know what to do with them. Or do you think he has a point? Yes, Paul. Yeah, yeah well, I do. Yes, I. What I feel that Travis should have done is just ask first. But he's he's really honestly doing this is coming from a place of love and wanting to help. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, he totally wants help. He's like, look, I've got all this knowledge because I've been working all these other people. And uh, his brother's like, we don't want that knowledge. And we find out later, you know, that he can't get good good uh, workers because they all want to go off and be explorers. So, you know, he doesn't want that Starfleet influence on his ship. Well, what's kind of annoying is he, he's, he's, Travis is kind of like, yeah, whatever, I'm upgrading your ship. Yeah. I don't care that I don't work here anymore. But yeah, but like this snotty attitude too where he's like, why don't you go build us a Warp 5 engine? Yeah, I mean, it's a little excessive. But yeah, look at it from his point. My brother, who hasn't been around in a while, missed my dad's funeral comes back and just starts tinkering with my ship to a point where I can't fix it. Yeah, and yeah. I understand all of that, but the way that he treated Travis did not warrant that kind of reaction. I mean, this is how you become a captain, is you say, hey, I understand that you're doing this because you want to help. However, this is where I'm coming from. And he didn't have to be snotty about it, but he was because he's feeling childish and petulant. Maybe As brothers yeah. often do. Maybe, but also there's a guy who doesn't work on this ship upgrading things without asking the captain's permission. No, that's what I'm saying, though. He didn't. He could have handled it a much better way. Just because somebody's doing something you don't like, getting snotty with them isn't going to actually no, but solve. We're the problem. saying it like something you don't like is being annoying. Something illegal is changing the configuration of my ship without my permission. That's not really illegal. I'm though. sure it is. It's my property. I'm pretty sure it's not. He's still got a bedroom on the ship. You're, uh, not really. You can't. You you See, but here's you the thing can't with this, come though, to my car Paul. and change where the steering wheel is. Yeah, that, oh, that's not the same thing. That's like, but it's like put, what he's done basically is put like you know whatever that premium unleaded gasoline is is basically what he's done. But, 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 I mean, the fact is the brothers sometimes fight. You know, brothers and sisters fight. My kids yeah. fight like cats and dogs some days. But, I mean, like, this is Travis Mayweather, right? And, like, this is like getting mad at, like, a flower. Like, yelling at a flower. <laughs> well, like, yeah, Travis but that's... Mayweather is the happiest, most beautiful person. And, like, to yell... That'd be like From yelling our at a rose. point of view. <laughs> Not his just... brother's. I know, but just from what we know of Travis, he's so happy. Like, just picture somebody getting pissed off, you know, at, well, I can't even say Rose because a Rose has thorn. Like, let's say a daisy. <laughs> I was going to say, like, like a yell- lily. Yelling at a daisy. Such happy You're daisy. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I, I dare you exist. I get what you're saying, but like you said, but that's his brother, so they're allowed to be pissy with each other. Yeah. Yeah, well, and that's fine, brother to brother, but dressing him down like that in front of the rest of the crew, that's not cool. Uh, yes. Not cool. it didn't bother me. 
It it bothers me. In a fact, lot. what I took from the scene was even when this guy's supposed to be on vacation, he's tinkering with things. Yeah. By the way, he's not an engineer either. We're, we're completely missing the fact that he's making upgrades. He's not even an engineer in Starfleet. I watched him do this one time when I brought him a sandwich, so I definitely know everything about warp theory. Uh-oh. It's under just, attack. It's just a generally weird scene. Yeah. It was a way to get them to be pissy with each other. Right. Now, justifiably, I you know, it's one of those things, too, where I understand later on where when he does go behind his back later on and upgrade the weapon system, he's now he's going specifically against his orders. Yes. But still, like he says, no... You know, you you got to put your emotions aside and listen to people. That's what our father said. You know, he is also got his emotions in the way and is not listening for that too. So it's like it's a fine line, and you can see both sides of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess. just, I mean, just coming from a person who's been a manager more times than I can count, you never ever berate your your subordinate in front of everyone else. But That's he's not, not his subordinate. Yeah, which makes it even worse. No, it's like a civilian walking onto a naval ship and changing things. Not true. <laughs> yes, we're true. Never gonna agree. Nope, we're never going to agree on this Patrick. Tell me what position he holds it. on the ship. Uh, uh I, I, As the host of the episode, I get to choose and say he is the comedian. Uh, all done. What? Yep, yeah, we're all done. Travis Mayweather is the comedian of the ship now. Holy I've assigned him that role. <laughs> I'm going to have to bleep that out. Yep. Nice Really? One. You have to bleep that? Yep. Yes. That's a curse. Yep. yep. <laughs> I'm going to say that a lot now. <laughs> nope. You can't and, uh, say that on TV, so you can't say it on work. <laughs> submit resumes for new hosts to contact. I thought we were stopping that. We it was your rule to stop here. that. Oh, wow, this has just gone off the rails. I would have fired you like six times by now if we wouldn't agree to stop that. <laughs> okay, so they're examining the ship and they're checking out his weapon systems and uh, Travis comes up with the idea that he can upgrade the weapon systems by venting power through the whatever the weather. Yeah, techno <laughs> stuff. The, techno the techno something. babble, yep. Okay, now this upsets me. I'm, you know, Patrick, I'm going to call it out here. I don't know how large it is on your screen here, but yeah. the reverse angle of seeing the screen out of focus behind Paul is like a terrible special effect. <laughs> it's like blurry and yeah, it's and a little does not look good. It's not as bad as the one wipe through a whole series. Yes. Oh man, that's brutal. Especially since I didn't notice it until you said it. <laughs> <laughs> There's no uniforms on this ship. What the heck? Well, it's, it's just the transport. Why don't they have jumpsuits? Like, see, look at that. Look at how blurry that is. What is that? Yeah, it's that a little crazy. Odd. Focus. Focus. Seriously, focus that monitor, guys. Yeah. I think it's just the blurriness around his head that like makes it like really not work because you can mm. tell it's like a. I don't even screen, know if it's there. Something. It's like a blue screen behind him or whatever. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it's a blue screen. Or a green screen. They might still have been using green screens at that point, but probably not. Probably so, Deneva, I think that's the the planet where the pancake aliens were in Operation Annihilate. Am I right on that? <laughs> I think you are correct. 
Uh, I called them the amoebas. The pancake puke. <laughs> that episode terrified me as a child. Even your father had to make compromises. The safest thing to do. I think his mom's a good mom. Oh, his mother is very good. I like her yes. a lot. She's great. She, she plays the role well, too. I mean, she's pretty cool. She's ever the diplomat. Yeah. She may not agree with her son, but she's backing him up, you know? Like, you can see the concern on her face. Here we go, Frankenstein. Such a great sounding movie. I just love it. I love how Phlox just gets into everything, you know? He's he like, loves you know, in the previous scene, he's just like, oh, it's, you know, I realize it's a very limited form of entertainment, but it has its virtues, and he's, like, totally into it. He's like, ah, oh, there's this alien species who does stuff like this all the time. This is great. <laughs> this is, I, I, I will confess my guilt that I frequently look at my iPad while watching a movie. I, I, sh I really need to learn to not bring my iPad when I sit down to watch TV. Well, at least you're not doing it in a theater, right? No, I'm not. I saw Mission Impossible Fallout yesterday, and I was like, man, that's such a good movie. I know, right? Off topic. Sorry. I agree with you. Greatest action movie ever. Thank you. That's what I think. And I've seen a lot of action movies. <laughs> and then T'Pol gives the sass. We can stop this film if it's disturbing your conversation. Flox is like, mm. <laughs> I love that. That's so good. Okay, th now the, the one thing this is weird the way she grabs this popcorn. It's just like like a handful, like know. a whole not a I few be, of them. I'd oh. be willing to bet she's never had popcorn. Before. It was almost like she was taking tissues or something though. Like <laughs> it was very very odd. She feels sad for the Frankenstein monster. As she should. That was the whole point. I think we totally agreed with her opinion when we did the movie coverage. We're like, these people oh, yeah. are all douches. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. We, the monster is a tragic figure, and I I he's yeah. actually the one persecuted here. Travis is right, though. Like, you can't. You got to stand up to the bullies. Yes, it's just not his place to be right. You heard. <laughs> No, it's not his place to do this stuff without asking. He, I, right. we thought he'd learned that lesson. He, he is. He was told not to do it. He's dead wrong right now. He is. But he's doing. He's wrong, but he's right. He's doing the right thing. Like okay. his brother's wrong. He's doing the right thing, but in the wrong way. Yes. Wait, but it, yes, yes, it is correct. He should have weapons. He's still wrong. Right, but then if he hadn't done this, then they wouldn't have the weapons when he decided that he finally needed them. Yeah, they would okay. have been... They would have lost the And he would have been horizon. like, okay, go fix the weapons. So we're, so it's like, oh, so too late we're at the ends justify the means. Sometimes they do. Have you watched Star Trek? No, I'm just asking <laughs> your opinion. I, I'm not saying what Star Trek's opinion is. I know that's Star Trek's opinion. Everybody gets there off the There are 729 and... episodes of Star Trek where the ends justify the means. <laughs> I understand that. I'm asking your opinion. <laughs> Um, yes, yeah, sometimes they do. I don't know. It's it's tough to call. It depends on the situation. I mean, in this situation, yes, the ends justify the means, I think. Because what, you know, what real damage has Travis done except for emotional damage? 
He hasn't right. done any damage. What he's trying to do is give them a fighting chance to survive. Yeah, he went about it completely the wrong way. I disagree way. with that. But if if they didn't have those weapons ready to go with only a few short tweaks, they would have lost the horizon completely and been marooned on some planet. Yeah. Yes, and if he would have thought this out and argued with his brother first and then did it, he doesn't show up the captain of a ship in front of all the people who were on it. But his brother is not listening to him and doesn't want to listen to him. I understand, but it's not your ship, it's his. Wow, uh, Patrick, we're just not going to agree on this. No! We're just I don't know, that's what makes the good discussion, I think, Brandy. Because you can see both sides. I can totally see Patrick's point of view. And Patrick's not wrong. You know, it's just, but neither it's, are it's, we. <laughs> but neither are we. I know, and that's just the thing. You're right, and so are we. And, but, my, my, you know. you, but you keep saying it did no damage. I don't agree with that at all. Because, again, it does make the captain look weak in front of the rest of his crew. I, said I think this captain already do... looks weak. Hey, This I... captain already looks weak. That, well, I that said... might be true, but that's another story. Hey! <laughs> I said that it didn't do any damage except for the emotional damage. She I did said say that. that there was damage. She did say that. I okay, didn't say enough, it was damage that, to the ship. But that's enough. For me, that's enough. I don't know. Well, then, that blonde girl came to him and said the morale on the ship is terrible. Now, the mom has a story here, which we're watching right now, where she tells about how bad a job Mayweather's father did originally. But the fact of the matter is, is that that Paul's perception, the crew's perception of Paul right now is not a good one. So Travis Mayweather is not really doing that much damage of the people's perception of Paul because it's already been damaged. True, but this definitely does not help him get... I know that in the Star Trek realm, this is going to fix everything and Paul will be a great captain one day. But that's not how it would happen in real life. Uh, who's to say that Paul's going to be a great captain one day? Oh, because it's we Star Trek. We never about them it does, again. It doesn't matter. It's Star Trek. He is. Yeah. He he came well, to until an of course he crashes. Well, yeah. Sigma no, Ocean but he was too. dead by then. He was dead by then. It was a hundred years later. <laughs> That's no, true. It wasn't it's this ship? They 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 were in char- They had the they had the gangster stuff for a long time. It was this ship. Well, yeah, but we don't know. We actually don't know when it happened. It's found a hundred years from now. Do you want a spanking? <laughs> wow, <laughs> I didn't know the physical violence was going to be threatened here today. And I get bleeped. <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. What does that have to do with the fact that I was right about the 100 years from now? I don't know. <laughs> Nothing. Because it gets found in TOS time, right? Right, but they, but it wasn't just it wasn't just instigated in TOS time. It had been around for a long time. Yeah, but it could have been... It was around for like 100 years, which is like shortly after this. So then Travis's upgrade screwed the ship and it crashed. No, because he removed those upgrades. The only right, and it screwed up the, the whole ship. It threw off the equilibrium. Paul couldn't totally. fly I love anymore, and he crashes. Mm-hmm. And Travis just goes off and is like, eh, "Not my problem." It is. All That's it. Fault. Travis like is now that. a jerk. <laughs> You've now officially ruined Travis for me. <laughs> no, you ruined Travis. No, for you. no. I just said he did one bad thing, and we went way off on a tangent with him crashing ships. <laughs> No, that was you. You no, said No, that was Brandon. Brandon. I was no. No, you guys are no. trying to deface Paul, my best friend. Okay, let's just <sighs> let's get this train back on the tracks here. <laughs> I think that's far too late for that. Paul, Paul is my but, best friend. Paul is your best friend. Paul is the captain and he's making a few mistakes, but he'll get the hang of it until he crashes. He might not crash. Maybe he joins Starfleet. He might. Maybe he does it for the insurance money. 
maybe they just sell the ship to somebody else and go off and live on Risa or something. You don't know. We don't know okay. what happened. So there's one thing about the, a few of these scenes in this episode that I like that seem odd to me, and maybe you guys can tell me what you think about it. Now we're the, the scene we have on screen is to Paul, but with Mayweather being on this ship, he grew up on the ship. He'd been there for a long time. Why aren't there more people constantly around him? Like when I see him eating alone in that in that last scene, I'm like, why is he eating alone? You know, he lived with these people. They should have him all around. When they walk down that hall and that guy's like, Travis, is that you? Like, they wouldn't have already known that he was coming. Like, this, because, again, gossip would travel fast on a ship that small. Hey, Travis is coming back. Well, you know, so. He did say he wanted to surprise them early. So the, the beginning when the guy didn't know he was coming, that doesn't necessarily bother me. Because they might have found out last second that he was coming. Yeah. You know, he might have waited till the last possible moment to let the Horizon know, hey, you're going to get a guest. Yeah. The other parts bother me, but it could be explained away with a lot of people leaving for Starfleet and not a lot of people joining the ship afterwards. Yeah, I like. Yeah, it could all be new people as well too. I mean, I I, I understand they needed to have him and his mom alone having a conversation, but anywho. Well, maybe so here we get to. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was saying maybe he was just giving everyone a big back off vibe. It could be too. Back off. Yeah, <laughs> they know they know Travis's back off vibe. They're like, oh oh oh. <laughs> He's eating strawberry shortcake, guys. Go, go, Yo, go, 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 him, go, go, stay away. Him and Paul are fighting. Don't talk to either. <laughs> okay, so here we got to Paul saying how she she's siding with uh, the monster. And like I said, we watched this movie and I'm like, I totally agree with uh, mm -hmm. Paul's interpretation. What's really film. interesting about this scene is that they don't agree with it. And we seem to very unanimously agree with it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Without question. It wasn't like... Well, I kind of see your point, but no, absolutely, yes. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe they actually do see her point and they don't like it, you know, and, you know, when she's like, oh, I'm going to get uh, Saval to watch this film. They're all like, uh-oh. <laughs> we can't be in it. They already think they're better than us. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, and, well, and the funny thing is, is that T'Pol is also relating to the creature on kind of an emotional level, whereas the guys are just all about the action and the monster and the horror, and she's like, uh, that's not what this is about. <laughs> so, Which is a little she's weird. She's the one that's actually weird. the most emotional about it. I like that she gives that little quote, in the words of Dr. Frankenstein, it's alive. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah, see, this is the the really short thing that happened. Oh, guess what? Now there's life on this planet that can come to the surface because this planet has shifted its orbit. Right. And we'll never see it again. That's it. Nope. And that's, and that's how the Borg were born. <laughs> no, no, no. We already wrote that story. <laughs> Even though we apparently contradicted every other way that story was written. So what? Novels contradicting novels. Big surprise. It's all good. It's not canon, unless it's on screen, right? Agreed. Okay. I mean, you were being facetious, but agreed. No, I wasn't being facetious. I That's what the standard is. It's not canon unless it's on screen, so. There's been, like, a whole bunch of flame wars on Twitter about Robert Meyer Bermitt and his complaining about canon. I didn't even hear the complaints. Oh, it's all over. Now I got research to do. <laughs> I don't have time. There for we that. go. <laughs> do your weapons, Travis. I like that shirt. That looks good on him. Man, yeah. that guy's built. I'm no, sure it's so built. I'm sure it'll come back to me. 
<laughs> yeah, so this here, so they've just dropped out of warp. You know, it's this really long ship, and then we see this little tiny part come off of it. And you're right, that is a very good analogy about how it's like a, a semi-truck pulling like a trailer or whatever, right? Yeah. And well, I've seen semis pulling like up to three 60-foot trailers. Really? It looks like the uh, the Vulcan shuttle a little bit from Star yeah. Trek The Motion Picture. It does, yes. I hadn't thought of that. Maybe Spock caught a ride with a with a cargo ship. <laughs> Maybe he did. That's quite said, possible. <laughs> no, they said. I think they said it was his Vulcan shuttle. Oh, all right. They lied You're to probably you. right. That's okay. They lied. They didn't want you to know it was just a, a transport ship. Did they say the name of these aliens in the episode? I don't. Uh, yes, they were talking about it when Travis was showing them what the ship was and that they were these people and the ship configuration was like this alien. So yeah, they did mention those in that scene, not that any of us can remember what they are called. Because I always get confused to think it's the Nausicans in this episode, but the Nausicans are in the other Boomer episode from season one, yep. which I can't remember the name of right now. Uh, Fortunate Son. Uh, thank you, Fortunate Son, yeah, because the ship is the Fortunate. Um, but I always think it's the... Nausicans in this episode too. Nope. I want to say it's like the Mentarans or something like that. It began with an M, I think. Oh, I that sounds right. Look it up. I can look it up. So it's interesting. We actually saw Travis Mayweather in this episode, not in his jumpsuit, because Starfleet personnel love to wear their jumpsuits everywhere. Yeah. It'll take too long to look that up. Apparently, I'm going to have to consult Wikipedia or... No, it's fine. It almost would have been cool if they would have had, like, the Nausicans or an alien race that we saw. It'd be, it'd be nice to have seen more races that we knew yeah. in Enterprise. Like, we started to get that in Season 4. And, you know, just a couple episodes after this, we get our first, you know, instance of the Tellarites with the episode Bounty. Right. Now, see, a lot of people would say that they wanted them to hug, but the handshake is more of a sign of respect. So I understood why they did the handshake. Nah, the handshake doesn't work. They hugged in the beginning of the episode, so the hug was yeah. covered. If they hadn't hugged in the beginning, I'd say yes. At some point, they should hug. I was watching this episode today, and I'm like, oh, they didn't hug. <laughs> yeah, but see, and that's the thing. I thought, oh, well, he's doing a handshake. A handshake is more, I don't know, it's, it's more formal. It's more like I am recognizing that you helped our ship and I appreciate you. And Travis is recognizing you are captain and you're going to be good. And, you know, I respect your position. So, you know, it's a sign of mutual respect. Yeah, I mean, they could have done both and it would have worked too. But it, I never even thought about it until you said it, Brandy. See, like he just shook Archer's hand. Like, why didn't he give Archer a hug? <laughs> I, I really Because Archer's the captain. I think he should have given him a kiss on the forehead. Oh. Archer? Yeah, well, one of them should have. <laughs> so, I want Archer giving Travis a kiss on the forehead. I thought about it the other way, but it would be funnier if he came back. <laughs> Welcome back, my son. <laughs> we have missed you greatly. <laughs> and apparently he speaks like an old bad Chinese movie. But <laughs> Okay, so we, we kind of didn't talk about it because we were joking about hugs and kisses here. But that last scene is phenomenal. We talked about it last week when um, me and Brandy went over it, but 
when he's just like, uh, you know, he wouldn't tell the captain exactly what had happened. It was, it's just a phenomenal little scene. Yeah, he didn't need to boast about it. He didn't want to boast about it. He didn't want to air dirty laundry or anything like that. It was a situation. They handled it. End of story. And uh, that story can just stay with his family. Right on. Well, that's a good episode. That was a good commentary. We went off the rails a couple times, but it was still a good discussion. I think we had fun there. That's going to happen in a commentary. (laughs) I mean, I think most of them, while off the rails, was still pertaining to the episode. Yes. Yeah, until we were talking about paradise. (laughs) True. Yeah. Don't even get me started. (laughs) Talking about paradise. Talking about a commentary for Horizon is not the only thing we've been doing on the network this week. So take a listen to this clip and see what else you may have missed elsewhere on Trek FM. Previously on Trek.FM, the 602 Club. I think that while... While I agree he he's not malicious and I hesitate, you know, it's hard to call him evil because he seems like such a... Zahn does a really great head game of constructing this time on an Imperial ship where you have to continually say to yourself... It's almost like, honestly, it's almost like watching John Smith at home in The Man in the High Castle. You see this guy in... A, in a, if anybody hasn't watched it, it's an alternative history thing based on a Philip K. Dick novel where in this alternate history, the the Axis powers won World War II. And so... Coming soon to a six o'clock club near you. Oh, yeah. it's I love the show so much. But one of the mind tricks that show does with you is you meet this one character where you have to continually remind yourself he's working for the bad guys. Stop giving him so many breaks. Earl Grey. But I wanted to actually do some like humming and singing of my choice, if that's okay. all right with you guys. Please take it away. <laughs> so when I thought what I thought of it was I fell into a burning ring of fire and went down, 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 and the flames went higher. I just love that song. I had to sing it. To the journey! You compared the mind meld to notches on a bedpost. Why can't I compare it to trench coat flashing? No, I'm saying it's not like that. It shouldn't be like that. You're the one saying it's like that. I'm not at all. But if you're doing it, that's what you're doing. You're seeing how many people you can mind meld with, and that's notches on a bedpost or trench coat flashing. That's what you're trying to do. It just seems like such an efficient way to get knowledge and experiences from other people. You know what's more efficient? Assimilation. (laughs) Yes, yes, it is. So what's stopping you from going that next step? Because we're we're talking about the Kess era here. We don't have Seven of Nine yet, you know. Continuing mission. So you were in the second episode. I was in the second episode, which... And at that time, it was no longer Star Trek Renegades, it was just Renegades? Well, when I got on the plane to go down to be on set, (laughs) it was Star Trek Renegades. When the plane landed, (laughs) CBS had released fan film guidelines, and so they had already shot one day as Star Trek Renegades, with Nichelle Nichols and Walter Koenig, uh, Sirk Lofton and Tim Russ, doing some green screen work, and they had the uniforms, the ears, the badges, all that... Mm -hmm. And then they had to shut production down for a day. They tried to get a hold of lawyers talking to lawyers saying, what do we do to continue or not continue? And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. 
So check out all these shows and join in the conversation about your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe and beyond. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts. If you're an Apple user, please be sure to hit the subscribe button in Apple Podcasts on iPhone, iPad, or Apple TV, or the desktop iTunes app to get the latest episodes as soon as they are published. And please leave us a star rating and a written review. If you're not an Apple user, we've got you covered as well. You can find our shows on Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Windows Phone, and most third-party apps, and you can stream and download the MP3 file on our website or grab the RSS link as well. And you can do that right before you crash land your ship on Sigma Iosha 2. <laughs> okay. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's show, and there are many ways for you to do that. The best place to join the larger conversation is the Babel Conference, our listeners group on Facebook. Just type Babel, B-A-B-E-L, into the search field on Facebook, and it should come right up. If you'd like to send us email, you can use the form on our website at trekfm slash contact. Choose to send a show and select Warp 5. That will come right to us. You can also find the network on Twitter at trekfm and on Facebook at facebook.com slash trekfm. So, Brandy, when you're not trying to change my car over to biodiesel without my permission... Where can people find you? <laughs> I'll be doing it until it's done. Uh, you can find me on lurking on the Babel conference as much as I can, which is not very much these days. You can find me on Twitter at Brandywine12, Brandy with an I, number 12. And uh, you can also find me around the network doing other things. I've got a couple of episodes of Literary Treks coming up, back-to-back episodes, where we talk about the Voyager novels Homecoming and The Farther Shore. And uh, I also do a podcast with my beautiful husband, Dave, called The Dark Corner Podcast. And we look at things and stuff from the darker side of life. And we I, we have started a comics corner featuring moi, where I review comics that I'm reading. And it's really fun. You can find it at darkcornerpodcast.com. It does have swearing. So, Brandon... When you are not busy being absent from the show for several weeks, where can people find you? Oh, you can find me on Twitter, at Brandon Metella. Uh, you can find me here on the network with new episodes of Melodic Treks. That's going to be monthly here on the network. I'm very happy to have that back. Uh, and I've actually got a lot of little things going on right now. So based on when this is dropping, there should be two episodes of my Halloween podcast that are already out. Mm. So that's on Tuesdays. And we're going to be doing 11 episodes of that with Zach Moore with some special guests. As well as, my, I did a special episode of my... Very randomly intermittent, not very common, uh, new pilot episode for Cinematic Sound Radio called Breaking the Waves. And uh, it's going to be a movie score uh, podcast kind of focusing on electronic film scores. And my first episode, that should be out by now, I focus on Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. And their scores for Gone Girl and Girl with the Dragon Tattoo and uh, Social Network and The Book of Eli. And so uh, that's that's a fun, interesting take on some film scores. That's going to be an intermittent podcast that I'm going to do every once in a while. Uh, but I'm grateful for my friend Eric Woods for letting me loose on his airwaves. And uh, I think that's basically it where you can find me right now. That's about it. And, uh, and Patrick, where can people find you when you're not eating strawberry shortcake on the horizon? So if I'm not eating strawberry shortcake on the horizon, I'm probably with you, Brandon, hugging it out. We're definitely doing that soon. <laughs> uh, but you can find me in the Babel Conference. I pop my head up in there once in a while. I've actually been more active in there lately because I've found a few extra minutes here and there. 
but not many. Um, and besides that, you can find me on Twitter at Magic Drop Five. It's one word. The five is a digit. And you can find me over on the edge with my buddy Amy. And uh, that's about it. That's pretty much all the places I uh, pop up now. Mm-hmm. Well, if you'd like to help us keep all of our shows coming to you each week, you can become a patron on the net. You can become a patron of the network on Patreon. Visit- How can they do that, Brandy? Tell us. Tell like us. How can they do that? How can they do that? Tell us. Tell us. Are you done? Okay. No. <laughs> Don't make me come over there. You will not like what happens when I get there. You're not going to okay. hug it out? Nope. Visit <laughs> patreon.com slash trekfm. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash trekfm to get the details. Perks include such things as early access to episodes, exclusive content, producer credits. Uh, some people get to do a patron's roundtable every month. And more available through our special patron's website, Patron Zone. And if you join us next month, Brandy's the host, and we're going to be doing a commentary on the episode Paradise. I'm going to kill you. I'll get out. You won't I'll see it happening. Out. I'll get out. You won't see it coming. I'll get out. I'll get you when you least expect it. It requires a great deal of money to produce, host, and distribute all of these shows each month. And we really appreciate any support you can give us. And we really hope you'll join the team. Again, you will find all of the details at patreon.com slash trekfm. And at this time, we'd like to thank our associate producer. Hey, look, I had had to do a commentary on the show I literally hate the most in all of Star Trek. (laughs) Which one? Fraggle Rock! Oh, Extinction, yes. (laughs) We'll thank our associate producers, but I'll stop using my Paradise voice, because it's not very paradisical for... Paradisical? parasitical for Brandy. (laughs) You guys realize I had a really bad day, right? And this is making it better. Is this making it better? No, it is for me. (laughs) Norman C. Lau, Floyd Dorsey, Mike Morrison, Tim Cooper, Justin Ozer, Mark Flessa, and Chris Trebuzio, who I got to meet in Vegas. I got to meet... uh, Justin and Chris while I was in Vegas. That was pretty cool. Sweet. I had a good time. Uh, Excellent. Well, I guess that's all we got for you. So until next time, live long and boom on. (laughs) I'm going to stop recording now.